0: Welcome to Write-ish. The one-stop shop on your writer journey where we discuss everything writing related from shiny new ideas through publication. Whether it's on the indie or traditional path and the ish of life that fuels and sometimes gets in the way of our creative pursuits. I'm Zara, a self-published author of Young Adult and New Adult Fiction, an alumni of the NYU Masters in Publishing Program, and the founder of Inimitable Books, LLC, a new book publisher dedicated to uplifting marginalized voices without forcing authors to spotlight their trauma.
1: and I'm Kelly, a genre-hopping writer, trier of hobbies, and a debuting author fall of 2023.
0: In today's episode, I'm interviewing Kelly again as we welcome back our fellow writer and friend R.P. Winters to talk about their shared fantasy project that they've affectionately dubbed Project Bun. I know Kelly, in our first episode of Season 3, talked about her co-authoring system with Brie for Project Metal, and when we interviewed you last season, you mentioned Project Fun, and I can't remember how much of that I wound up cutting out to um, to stay on topic, because that episode was about your erotica. So, I mean... Do you want to talk about the premise before we get into the nitty gritty of how you're doing it? I'm going to pass it off to RP because that's stuff he's good at.
2: Project Bun in its full entirety is... Seven books. Seven books.
1: And then we have prequels planned.
2: Oh yeah. And a spin-off. Yes. However, what it actually is, right, is there is a mythical world called Janari, where essentially everyone is like food people. And there are seven kingdoms, and we begin the story as the hidden underground hated carrot kingdom venture to the top of the main mountain in the world and cull off the cinnamon buns. This then sparks the narrative where our protagonist, who's the last cinnabun, his name is Lone, takes it upon himself to go and inform the rest of the kingdoms of the genocide that's happened and bring the world back to order
1: and along the way he meets a spitfire runaway princess a big ball of chaos she's a she's a strawberry her name's fraser which is a Scottish clan oh and she has two people that are chasing her to try to bring her back to her homeland the strawberry kingdom
0: are they bounty hunters or something
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: can't remember the names of them but the people like going after Toph and avatar the last airbender
1: (laughs) the inspiration for this pair of bounty hunters was team rocket from pokemon so if you know you know
0: How did you decide you wanted to co-author this story together? It
2: actually came from essentially puns. We were in conversation with a friend and this friend said something about me being like a sweet little cinnamon roll or something. And then we sort of spiraled and went, well, well if I'm a cinnamon roll and you're this and we were like, oh, and you're that. And then, and then me and Kelly just sort of kept bouncing back with this. Oh, well, then so-and-so would be this. Oh, and what about this? And then maybe you could do this. And what about that? And after about half an hour, we went, this is actually really good. We should be writing this down. Probably say maybe two or three hours later in that conversation, we'd made a Google Doc and had started outlining a book.
1: That's so much better than how I was going to phrase it. Whenever I first joined AuthorTube, Zara, you know, I'm very shy and introverted, and I don't make friends easy. I was having friend crushes where I'm like, I would really like to be friends with this person. RP was one of those people where like, I saw him on streams. I saw him in chat. I thought he was really funny. And I'm like, I want to be friends with this person. This is a really awesome person. So then the pun thing happened. and I'm like, here's my opportunity to be friends with this person and lock him into writing a story with me.
0: (laughs) Are you splitting the work evenly? Are you kind of just, hey, I have an idea for this, so I'll work on this. And then if you have an idea for a different part of the story or a series, you'll work on that. How is that going? You mentioned you have a Google doc that was created like three hours after the initial.
2: Much, yeah, we have two Google docs. We have the project button doc, which is like the actual, no, we have three. <laughs> so we have the actual book itself, book one. We then have an outline and ideas doc which has a heading per book, and then notes and ideas inside of those. So when we have those ideas, whether they're minor or major things, it could just be as simple as, oh, this character that we've mentioned, they'd be really good to come back in this book. So we'll just go into there, we'll go to that book and we'll go bring back person this. And that's sort of how we are planning it throughout these docs. In terms of writing it, we basically take per character. So I write loan. Kelly writes Frazier, and you have a chapter from one perspective. The next chapter swaps. So the work is pretty much evenly split because each of us write alternate chapters. Am I missing anything, Kelly?
1: We have a Pinterest board together. We do. We have a Pinterest board because you cannot, you know, procrastinate writing without Pinterest. <laughs> and I do think it's funny though the fact that we're so close to finishing this first draft. And we at the time of this recording, I think it was like Friday or like a few days ago, we were talking about how we wanted to approach drafting the next draft of
0: book one. Are you reading the other person's stuff before you write your own so that you know where the story as a whole is going? Or are you both like, no, these are their individual journeys. And then because we've planned it out that they intersect, obviously, we're not going to write it as if. They're completely disjointed, but are you reading the other person's work box drafting? Or are you just like, nope, I'm staying in my lane and then we'll kind of merge or whatever during revision to make sure it's all cohesive.
1: We do bullet points for each chapter. We always do the bullet points together, but then the writing we leave to the other person. And then what I'll normally do before like writing the next is I will always reread the chapter before. And R.P. was even saying, whenever we had our chat, that for the next draft like how we should go about it so that way our voices kind of mesh a little bit better and it's not such a hectic reading experience because we both do have very different voices
2: yeah
0: how are you going to pursue publishing for this i know kelly is not eager at all to do self-publishing in any capacity (laughs) not that she exactly has time to as a mother to two young rambunctious daughters and I know that you self-published a book RP but you took it down and that's mentioned more in our interview with you from last season and again that will be linked in the show notes but are you going for traditional publishing, are you going to have it self-published and Kelly's just going to be like I'm going to come up with all the marketing ideas and then RP is going to do all the nuts and bolts of self-publishing cuz you know, RP knows it already to some extent. And if you are doing traditional publishing, you're locked in for seven books and prequels and spin-offs and normally that's not how traditional publishing works. So What are you going to do?
1: Well, you see, I'm already contracted under a wonderful publishing house, a bit newer publishing house. I was talking to RP about inimitable books for Project Bun because it's the best of both self-publishing and trad publishing.
0: Not because I'm offering self-publishing services and I'm taking your money and then I'm doing it because I'm a small publishing company and I've self-published, I can recognize where Self-publishing maybe does it better and use the best of all publishing methods, whereas bigger companies are like, well, this is how it's always been done. And it's like, that doesn't mean it's right or the best option. Yes,
1: exactly. So we were talking about that because whenever we started and, you know, Zara, you know how I am. I like to sometimes dream of the road ahead.
2: That's an understatement. You dream of the entire journey, not a road.
0: (laughs) She's like, here's the entire map and I can't wait until we get to the halfway point and then the end. And then, oh, you know, that journey will be so fun. Let's take another. And it's like, do you want to maybe reach the first pit stop first before we think about another journey that's unrelated to the first one?
2: Absolutely. On, on that, we had uh, we had a planning session. This was months ago. It started off with us saying, right, we need to plan to the end of book one, which was at the time, I think about eight chapters away or something like that. And we were like, we just want to bullet point what's happening in each chapter so like we know where we're going. Somewhere halfway through that, Kelly had planned that and then gone, oh, and then that will make this happen in book two, which it makes this happen in book. Oh, and when that's done, right, so the prequels. So, and then just went off on like an entire series about the prequels. And I was like, Kelly, rewind. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, rewind, keep going, keep going, keep going, book one, play.
1: Okay, this isn't even an interview episode. This is just an episode where two of my friends sit here and roast me.
0: We do it lovingly. Oh, yeah. It does sound like RP is a little bit like me when we're like, okay, Kelly, we'd love it, but you got to rein it in just a little bit.
2: I'm the realist in this relationship.
0: Yeah, we are excited. And the reason why I
1: talked about Inimitable Books, obviously you're publishing my trilogy and whatnot. But this was something that RP and I have talked about how we did want a little bit more control. And before we knew that Zara was going to make any sort of publishing company back when, you know, we were talking about just literary agent stuff, RP and I were daydreaming about wouldn't this be cool. If, if we were able to land a publisher that would let us like have this much say or this much input on said
0: topic. There is going to be her agent and she's going to be a goddamn pitfall with the publisher to get us as the authors the most control that we can possibly get.
1: Yeah, so like basically that. and
0: Me as the publisher is, you can give me all the feedback you want. If I think something is a bad idea, I will tell you and I won't let you screw up the performance of your book.
1: Listen, I feel like... Out of all of the times you've had to tell me it was a bad idea, like I'm nine out of 10 right and good on my good ideas.
0: I mean, the thing is, is that I feel like most of the time I'm like, this is a good idea. Logistically, it might be difficult. Or I understand where you're coming from, but this actually wouldn't work in reality. And it's never like a, that was a shitty idea. Moving on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Almost what we wanted to do is we wanted to sell Project Bun. In its entirety. I personally was saying that I think we should have, like, at least book, like, four or five fully edited, happy with it, before we even, like, approached publishers or whatever. Because in my head, I was like, if we can approach someone, and I go, like, here's seven books, enjoy. And then, like, they just do with it what they want, like, release one everywhere I was like, that, to me, feels less stressful than, like, doing one releasing it having the ideas for the others and then the book doesn't sell and so they don't want the others and then we just never write them and then the ideas that we had in book one like never get fulfilled
0: i mean slightly different but when i was doing the stellar blood trilogy it was stressful to do book one and then the next whereas you know having more of it in the pipeline and ready to go is very cool. Now with traditional publishing, oftentimes they don't want you to have put in all that work because they're like, what if it doesn't sell? Then we're just not gonna sign you for the other. And then authors might be frustrated about like, oh, I did all this work. Now my goal for my publishing company is to be able to put out all series in their entirety because a backlist is still a backlist. And people in traditional publishing can acknowledge that that's where most of the money is made and i just think the losses may be a little bit too soon but as people who grew up when fandom was like crazy with fan fiction and tumblr and now you know i I saw a tweet last night at the time of this recording where (laughs) they took screenshots of like ben barnes in shadow and bone and jamie campbell bauer in stranger things and Shoot, who's the third? And they were like, whichever Tumblr girl grew up to become a Netflix executive, I just want to thank you for doing God's work. (laughs) We're in control now. So I do think that readers and authors, if I can swing it to always put a full series out, that's my goal. And publishing is a business where you have to understand that you are going to lose money before you can make it. Yeah. Um, But if you don't read a book, it's best chance you're obviously not gonna give it the chance to be as big a success as it could be. If you just
2: put out, like let's say, books one and two, you know, you don't complete like a character arc. And so those books, of course, are never going to be as good as they could be because it's an an unfinished arc. Imagine if Harry Potter stopped after book three, like it just stopped, that was it. It would be awful. Whereas the reason why Harry Potter is still so popular 20 years later is because you stick through to book seven.
0: Absolutely. I don't, think i'll be hedging bets on like oh well i don't know if this is gonna sell as a series but i'll take the first yeah my goal is to never have to do that i do think i might with some queries be like you know i don't really know if this is gonna sell as it is so maybe here's a revise and resubmit or you know i'll take it but we might have to revise it so that it's more unfortunately commercial and been the best part of this co-authoring partnership
1: i got to have the friendship that i was crushing over
2: you're so weird <laughs> stop
0: <laughs> you're stuck with her
1: you are you're stuck with me
2: i've got a cheesy answer as well mine's the dreaming i'm that person where i'm like that would be a good idea for like book five but then if i was doing it on my own i would never write that down or or do anything with it because i'd be like well i'm never going to get to book five what's the point whereas like with Kelly, Kelly's like, no, it's good, write it down. And because we've written it down, we, we find that like we're actually planning loads of bits, which actually makes writing it easier because we have a plan to follow. That's definitely my favourite bit. You know, learning that planning can be a good thing and, and it can help. And I'm just awful at it.
1: Well, we complement each
2: other. Yeah.
0: And we have an outlining episode, if people are interested, where, you know, we talk about different levels of outlining. It's not all set in stone and crazy detailed. like I think a lot of people in the writing community assume outlines are when it's like oh are you an outliner or a pantser and it's like well I don't have like an encyclopedia length
1: outline (laughs) oh we had a compendium.
2: we do have a project bun compendium
1: Logan brought that out of Bertha and she got a bit damp but it's sitting in my kitchen right now
2: there we go it's a physical book that we have literally been like writing down like character profiles. I say we, Kelly, (laughs) we're in different countries, but Kelly has been writing down character profiles and object descriptions.
0: Well, I know what's going to be part of the marketing campaign.
1: Also, don't forget, RP came up with this really awesome drink that is featured in book one. And I was going to come up with the recipe.
0: Okay. Yeah. That needs to be in the back of a book. I, love when books have recipes in them i'm not someone who like bakes or cooks really but when i do i need a recipe and when it's like tied to something cute or like something that's tied to fandom i'm like oh i'm more likely to do that
2: yeah we've already done a lot of i I don't know what the technical term is but like fanfic prompting there's so much riddled in project bun where it's like like someone could take this little tidbit side story that we've created and someone could go and fanfic that.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of fandom-friendly world building. Let's phrase it that way. I don't think that there necessarily is an official phrase, but we're going to run with that because I know that Kelly's other series also have that. Yeah. I have mentioned it on live streams before and I think I mentioned it in one of our episodes this season. Don't remember which. Anyway, I came to fan fiction as an adult, like, wow, 24, 25, whereas Kelly absolutely has it. And also Kelly does a lot more world building in advance than I do, which we talked about in our world building episode. So I think she's very attuned to that type of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, listen, I cannot wait until we write the prequels and then people get their hands on that. And then they go through and read Project Bun again and the whole seven books. And then they notice different things.
2: And as Kelly was saying, like, we've already seeded a lot of things inside of book one and plans further ahead that expand both sides of the stories. Like, they expand the plot as it is. But then also, if you then know the backstory and you then read the prequels, it, it then adds like a whole other layer to it.
0: I love stories like that.
2: A lot of that comes from like, I'm a big Marvel geek. I love Marvel films and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I am one of those sados that finishes watching a film and then sits there and goes right now what was all the the easter eggs and the cameos
0: I do that too I am
2: that person
0: I've watched like crime and mystery since I was very young probably too young for it to have been appropriate <laughs> but I have always liked that being okay these were the clues and you know, I because I grew up with it, I've actually gotten pretty good at catching them. And then there have been some shows where my mom and I will watch and she's like, was that sloppy writing or did I just misclose? I was like, nope, that was sloppy writing.
2: <laughs> and that's what we're hoping to avoid.
1: I feel pretty confident saying that I think even before I leveled up my writing game, I thought RP's writing was very beautiful. Thank
2: you. Which is quite upsetting because I've reread Project Bun, most of it. Actually, I haven't fin- finished. But as I was reading, it, I was like, I could write that bit so much better now.
1: Well, that's good though. That just shows growth, revision.
2: Yeah, but I haven't gone and, and changed anything because I'm like, no, get to the end.
0: Yes, get to the end first. Yes. As you get better as a writer, I would hope that you'd be able to write your older stuff better because that's grown and improved
2: yeah it's all exciting it's very exciting
1: i'm very excited because Zara knows i have a long list of projects oh boy and i'm hoping that bun comes out of nowhere and is like i'm taking this spot on the list oh yeah that's the hope we'll see what happens
0: final question what would you say to writers who are considering entering a co-authoring relationship? Advice? Do's and don'ts?
2: My advice would be create it together. I know so many people at my university that would have been like, Oh, I have this like really good idea for an entire story, but I want someone else to write it with me. And I can't understand that. I think if you go to someone else and pitch the idea and say, go write half of it. I think that's really difficult. I think what something that works really well with Kelly and I is that we create all of it together. Everything in there is something that we're both excited about or one of us created and the other one got excited and then spitballed on it. Co-authoring should also mean co-creating, not just co-writing. I would say do separate your planning and writing. I think it's actually really healthy just to have like like a video chat or if you're in person, like sit in person and just chat and geek out over your books and your ideas and make notes, but don't actually do any writing. Go away and do the writing by yourself. Let each other read the writing, then come back and geek about it. Because I think that the ideas you generate are so much healthier. Reading it, absorbing the content and then geeking out over it than it is actually trying to sit and write like next to each other.
0: Like having the enthusiasm to fuel your process, but then cooling down enough that you can actually write it. Yeah. Kelly, would you like to say anything else to people considering co-writing? I would say
1: that go into it knowing that even if you've co-written with someone else, that each relationship is going to be different. So, like, if you had a bad co-writing experience in the past and you're setting out to do it again, just know that this relationship and this experience is going to be different because the person is different. And I'd also like to note on that is that this is going to be a working relationship and friendship. So be careful, like, with balancing the two. Like, I know whenever we were in the early draft part of the draft of Bun, I was able to bust out more than what RP was able to, because you know, life, RP was a student at the time. I know how I can come off sometimes as a little bit of like a rough sponge and a little bit like too direct. So it's just kind of knowing those things about yourself because that very easily just could have made RP go, you know what, this is terrible. I can't tolerate her. She's just pushy, pushy, pushy. I just can't do this project anymore.
2: That's very good advice. Because, yeah, like you say, you've got to separate, like, the friendship and the workship. We still have chats that have nothing to do with a project button. And we'll have some chats, excluding tangents, that are, like, just work chats, basically. I think that's quite important because if I just want to chat to Kelly as a friend, but Kelly's messaged me going, you're behind on work, I can still go, can we just chat for a bit? I need a friend.
0: Kelly will do that with me. She'll be like, can I talk to you as my writer friend or just my straight up friend, not as my publisher? I guess going off of what Kelly said, I would assume that no matter what you're doing in the work relationship, at the very least, the way you're communicating shouldn't hurt the friendship. So like you might disagree with someone, but don't be mean in the work relationship and be like, oh, well, that's the work relationship because that will bleed over and harm the normal friendship.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at the beginning of this, I told RP, I'm like, I can get pushy. And if I'm getting too pushy, you you have a free pass to tell me, like, back the fuck up. I need some space because I, I'm aware of how I can get whenever I, I'm very excited about something. And I know that that's not for everyone. So it's definitely having those open conversations. And if someone does tell you, hey, you're being a bit pushy or, hey, I don't really like the way you worded this. It's kind of mean. Like, you got to be able to be open to that because a you're a writer so you have to be open to criticism anyway. Pretty. Yeah, this is also your friend or you know someone you would want a friendship with, so you have to be mindful of that as well and be like
0: do your due diligence and uh, to separate the workshop and the friendship. Don't let the workshop break the friendship. That's our new merch. Yes.
2: That's a good slogan.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're we're going to like go and find a copyright for that immediately. Here we go well kelly said like throughout season one that it got cut out a lot unfortunately but we would say like oh don't break the friendship where we would have a work critique and we're like but we're not going to let this affect our actual friendship type of thing so yeah now we've just improved it version two new and improved tip we know <laughs> i think that's a great note to leave it on This is The Writish Podcast, and we'll be back with another episode next week when we will have our season three finale where Kelly and I covered different kinds of early readers, critique partners, alpha readers, and beta readers, what's the difference between the three, do you need all of them? Is there ever overlap? And a lot of other things related to the topic. So be sure to tune in for that. And don't forget to follow us on
1: Instagram at The Wrightish Podcast. On Twitter at Right underscore ish. And <laughs> Kofi at Rightish.
2: Bye. Bye.